This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. to ER Vet on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Justine Lee, and I'm a board-certified emergency critical care specialist and toxicologist. Thanks for joining us today. Today, we're going to be talking about feline infectious peritonitis, otherwise known as FIP. So if you have a cat or you're thinking about getting a cat, you need to tune in. We'll be right back after these messages. You know how every house you go into has a certain smell? As a Minnesotan, it's that hockey gear smell in the winter mixed with the smells of a fireplace and a wet dog. But there's one thing your house never needs to smell like, the litter box. And for that, I found Arm & Hammer Clump & Seal. It seals and destroys odor on contact for a seven-day odor-free home, guaranteed. Don't let your house smell like a litter box. Get Arm & Hammer Clump & Seal. Arm & Hammer, more power to you. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to ER Vet on Pet Life Radio. Today, we're going to be talking about one of my most hated diseases, feline infectious peritonitis. I hate this disease because for some reason, it seems to attack the prettiest, most beautiful, sweetest, youngest cats in the ER vet. By the time I see FIP in the veterinary ER, honestly, there's not much left that I can do to treat it. That's because FIP is potentially deadly and there hasn't been a good cure up to this point. So what exactly is FIP? Well, FIP is a really unusual, complex feline disease. It's an immune-mediated type disease that's caused by a virus. There's a virus out there called feline coronavirus. And the majority of the time, over 90%, it's what virologists and veterinarians call benign. In other words, most of the time, feline coronavirus just causes mild, mild diarrhea. It affects the gastrointestinal tract. And honestly, a lot of cat owners don't even know that their kitten may be shedding coronavirus. However, in a really small percentage of cats, and this is both wild cats and our domesticated house cats, we can see this coronavirus almost mutate into a deadly form of coronavirus. And this is called feline infectious peritonitis virus. This is really rare, but I see it more commonly in purebred cats that were purchased through a cattery. So the three breeds that I see it the most in are Bengal cats, Himalayans, and Burman cats. Unfortunately, if a cat was exposed to even a virulent or benign coronavirus, it could take several weeks to months or even years where your cat has a massive inflammatory response to that virus. And in a small percentage of cats, it can actually mutate into a deadly immune response. So 
what exactly is FIP and how does this affect cats? Well, there's two main types of FIP that you have to be aware of, what we call the wet form and the dry form. I know that sounds weird, but it depends on how the cat is showing their disease. In other words, the wet form results in abnormal fluid accumulating in the body cavities, while the dry form results in more cells depositing in different parts of the tissue in the cat. Now, both types are really horrible, but in my experience, it's easier for veterinarians and even pet owners to notice or diagnose the wet form. And that's because the clinical signs are more obvious. I hate the dry form because a dry form involves really intensive testing like ultrasound, biopsies, or rarely even surgery. Now, if your cat was just diagnosed with FIP and you have other cats, I'm going to tell you, you shouldn't worry too much about it being contagious. Now, we don't even understand how FIP is spread, but I will say that most of the time, the risk of spread is low. I mentioned before that the majority of cats that are exposed to the benign type of coronavirus never have an issue. It's only 5 to 10% of infected cats that go on to develop FIP. FIP isn't as contagious as other diseases that we've talked about, like feline leukemia or feline immunodeficiency virus, which is similar to human HIV. And that's because the coronavirus has to mutate in your cat's body in order to mutate into the really, really bad form of FIP. By the time a cat actually shows severe signs of FIP, there's probably only a small amount of virus that's shedding, so it's less likely to shed to your cat. That said, FIP is seen more commonly in cats from multi-cat dwelling situations. In other words, breeders with catteries or really crowded shelters. So it's possible in these crowded conditions, there could be higher exposure to either type of coronavirus. So how do you know if your cat's at danger of getting FIP? Well, the first thing is you want to ask a breeder before you even think about purchasing a cat if they have a history of FIP in their cattery. This is really important because we don't know if there's a genetic component that makes purebred cats more likely to get it or whether or not it's in a crowded condition. I will say that crowded cat conditions, even at a shelter, can increase the exposure to coronavirus and potentially FIP. We also know that purebred cats, again, Bengal cats, Himalayans, and Burmans are at increased risk. And sexually intact cats, in other words, cats that aren't neutered, are also more likely to get FIP. Now, I will say FIP oftentimes is seen more in young cats versus old cats. And that's probably because kittens or really young cats have a really weak or naive immune system. So they may not have as many antibodies and protection against other viruses. Cats that are immunosuppressed, in other words, if they have other concurrent diseases like feline leukemia, or if they're on chemotherapy or medications like steroids that immunosuppress them, can also be at risk for FIP. We'll continue with this really important topic right after these messages from our sponsors. If you're attacked by a bear, a dog will throw himself into the mouth of a bear to save you. Dogs are dogs. They pour out their love onto you. Before long, you can't live without them. I have a chocolate cocker spaniel named Lady and a blackmouth cur. He's about 120 pounds, and his name is Arlo. My little cocker, her coat's as soft as a stuffed animal. They're both real soft coats, and my dogs don't have any health problems because they're eating what they need to eat. D-I-N-O. 
D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Dynavite is like pouring a multivitamin right onto their food. The omega-3 fatty acids. Flaxseed, zinc, alfalfa, the digestive enzymes that are cooked out of regular dog food. We'll be scooping our Dynavite onto the food, then squirting the liquor chops and the fish oil. They start salivating. Dynavite is nutrition. You won't believe how happy your dog will be. It's a lot of responsibility owning a dog. I get my Dynavite at D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio dot com. <laughs> So how do you know if your cat has FIP? Some of the biggest clinical signs that I see with the wet form of FIP is a really pot-bellied appearance to the belly. And owners will actually say, oh, I thought my cat was pregnant or I thought my cat's belly was getting bigger. And that's because with the wet form of FIP, there's a straw-colored, thick, high-protein fluid that accumulates in the abdomen. So to me, this is the most obvious sign of FIP. Other signs include lethargy, not wanting to eat, losing weight despite having that pot-bellied appearance, having a poor hair coat, having pale gums, breathing harder, vomiting, having diarrhea, having jaundice gums, having a fever or feeling cold to the touch, the opposite, hiding or laying in unusual places, having unusual inflammation of the eyes where you notice a cloudiness to the eyes or an abnormal pupil size, walking drunk, acting blind, seizuring, or even having tremors. So the clinical signs can be quite severe with FIP. Now, I'm going to say, if you notice any of these signs, the sooner you recognize them, the sooner you want to get to your veterinarian. By the time I see it in the ER vet, again, FIP is usually end stage. And it's really, really frustrating to treat because there's not a good cure. Now, how are we going to diagnose it? In a previous episode of ER Vet, we've talked about what different types of blood tests we do in the ER. We'll often do a complete blood count. This looks specifically at the white and red blood cells and the platelets. I'll also do a biochemistry panel. Now, there are a couple of red flags that I see on blood work that make me highly suspicious of FIP. With FIP, there's usually an abnormal white blood cell count. So while one type of white blood cell can be elevated, there's one specific type called a lymphocyte that can be really, really low. We can also see a mild anemia from FIP. The most classic blood test that I see that really makes me worried about FIP in your cat is if your cat has a really elevated protein level, specifically the protein globulin. Now, normal protein levels for cats are typically six to eight. That's just ballpark. But if all of a sudden I do blood work and that protein level is 10 or 11, that's extremely high and really makes me worried about FIP. There are a few other diseases like multiple myeloma or cancer-like problems where we can see a really high protein. But most of the time, I worry about FIP. If I notice these two blood tests are making me suspicious of FIP, there's a few other tests I might do too. One is called a serum protein electrophoresis. That's a mouthful, but it basically separates out the proteins and lets me identify whether or not it's FIP or not. I will say the most obvious test that helps me as a veterinarian diagnose FIP 
is being able to do a belly tap if there's abnormal fluid in the abdomen. What I'll do is I'll stick a sterile needle, the size of a vaccine needle, into the belly of a cat. And oftentimes I'll collect a large amount of fluid. I want to look at that fluid physically. If it looks straw colored, it's thick and sticky, it's really high in protein. I'm really, really worried about FIP. I'll usually submit it to a lab to help confirm whether or not it's FIP or not. Unfortunately, there's no test that's 100% in diagnosing FIP. Now, don't get me wrong. You'll find a lot of research out there for both veterinarians and pet owners about the different types of FIP tests out there. Some will look for virus particles. Some will look for antibodies against FIP. A lot of these tests are really confusing because you have to be able to interpret the results with your veterinarian. I've had some cases that are classic wet FIP, but their tests may be low for antibodies, because by the time a cat shows clinical signs, they're not shedding a lot of the virus anymore. In other words, they were affected by the virus much, much earlier, but now it's really end stage. So again, these tests aren't 100% accurate. One of these tests, the antibody tests, measures the body's ability to respond to coronavirus. But the hard thing is, it doesn't tell us if it's the benign coronavirus or the deadly FIP coronavirus. It also doesn't tell us when your cat was exposed. If your cat was recently exposed or exposed to a large amount of coronavirus, your cat may have a really elevated FIP titer. I will say there are some studies that show if there's clinical signs consistent with FIP, in other words, that pot-bellied appearance with abnormal fluid and really high titers, in other words, antibody tests greater than 1 to 1,600, there's a 94% chance that your cat has FIP. So it is really frustrating to diagnose, but know that there are several different blood tests out there that can help us determine whether or not it's FIP or not. The most accurate way of detecting FIP is by actually getting a tissue sample. But with getting a tissue sample, that usually means we have to do a biopsy or do surgery. So it's going to be a bit more invasive and may require surgery. Ultimately, work with your veterinarian or your veterinary specialist to help confirm whether or not your cat has FIP. Again, this is going to be based on your cat's history, the signs that they're showing, the evaluation of the fluid or biopsy results or supporting other blood tests that were done, and a positive coronavirus antibody titer. Unfortunately, there's no good way of preventing your cat from getting FIP. Now, while there is one licensed FIP intranasal vaccine out there, in other words, it goes in the nose, it's not very effective. And to be quite honest, I don't usually recommend this. It will also make your cat test positive for FIP. This vaccine isn't licensed to give to cats less than four months of age. And honestly, most kittens in a multi-cat environment like catteries and shelters probably have been exposed to coronavirus by then. So again, talk to your veterinarian about whether or not this is worth it. How do we treat it? Unfortunately, I don't have good news here. There's no good, current, effective treatment for FIP yet. Most of the time, FIP is almost 100% fatal. And I will say by the time that I diagnose it, the average survival is only a week or two. There are a few cats that can live for a few weeks after that, depending on how much fluid is in their body or how severe the blood work is affected. But unfortunately, the prognosis is really poor. If your cat was diagnosed with FIP and doesn't show any improvement within three days of treatment or if they seizure, it may be more humane to euthanize at your ER vet or your vet. That said, I'm going to give you a little bit of early hope. 
while there hasn't been effective treatment, there's some current research going on about two antiviral drugs. They don't have fancy names. In fact, they're named GS441524, and the other one's called GC376. So these two antiviral drugs just are in the beginning stages of clinical trials. One of these was actually discovered at Kansas State University by virologists, and the other one was recently tested out of UC Davis. Both of these have shown some potential promising treatment in increasing the survival in cats with FIP. And these antivirals work by inhibiting the replication of the FIP virus in the body. Now, these drugs are not currently available. And honestly, it's going to take years to get them approved by the FDA and to undergo clinical trial. But I'm maintaining some optimism for cats with FIP. I'm hoping in the next few years, we'll have better news for FIP. So don't fret if your cat was diagnosed. You definitely want to get it diagnosed sooner than later. And please know there are some clinical trials that are going on right now. But again, it'll probably be years before we find out further information. I wish I had better news about FIP. But again, by the time I see it in the ER, it's unfortunately pretty end stage. That said, we're hoping a cure or new treatment is on the horizon. When in doubt, talk to your veterinarian or your veterinary specialist if you're worried that your cat has FIP. There's also some great information at the Cornell Feline Health Center, so you can find that online too. Well, that brings me to the end of today's show. Find me at drjustinelee.com, on Facebook at drjustinelee, or email me at drjustine at petliferadio.com. With that, we're out of time, and we want to thank Mark Winter, our producer, for making this show possible. See you at the next episode. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.